let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to Opinions, and we are diving straight into our glasses this week, aren't we, mate? We are. I'm looking forward to this. It's been a nice warm day. I've had a very busy work from home day. I'm ready for a crispy British lager. Yep. We are both drinking um, variations of a British lager from Utopian Brewery, which have been kindly sent to us by Utopian. Um, I'm on the premium British lager, which is uh, 4.7%. And you're on the unfiltered version, aren't you? Yep. Also comes in at 4.7% as well. Okay. Well, let's, let's dive in. Cheers. Okay. Cheers, mate. Very slight hint of breadiness on the nose on my one, but the actual uh, very smooth. Uh, mouthfeel not overly it's it's well carbonated but it's not overly fizzy yeah it's um, a really smooth finish isn't it yeah really smooth finish and mouthfeel quite a dry finish this one and then in the middle some like slight lemony notes coming through yeah very refreshing feels like a, a very well-rounded lager it, accomplished it, that that's that smoothness on, on, on the finish very much puts me in mind of um, some of the beers we got to try when we were in Czechia. Um, it, it's got that same sort of mouthfeel. Uh, it's got kind of that balance and harmony in there that, that, that they spoke about so much when we were out there. Yeah, it's, it's very drinkable. Um, the, the, the lovely flavour that it does have is just a million miles away from your bog standard macro lager. Oh it's, yeah, it's very, very, very tasty. Yeah, ab- absolutely agree. I mean, I've got, like I said, I've got the, um, the, the the premium version. It's light, it's crisp. Uh, there's there's a there's a little bit of floral, a little bit of citrus in there. Nice sort of dry lemony finish to it. Really, really refreshing on the on the final mouthfeel that, that that makes you just want to dive back into more of it. Which is, you know, that's a sign of a great beer, isn't it? When you just want to keep drinking it. Oh, definitely. Um, mine's got. Ever so, probably not quite as crystal clear as perhaps the one I can see on your screen. Not quite hazy, but just not quite as clear as, as yours is. And I guess that's from the unfiltered nature of it. Yeah, and I would imagine. Probably just, so. adds, probably just adds a little bit more to that that feel I'm guessing from it. Yeah. So I'm going to yeah. enjoy. I'm going to enjoy dr- drinking this one. Yeah, same here. Um, and, and why we, we, we do drink these, I will just say, as I said in the intro there, that we were sent these by Utopian Brewery, by our, by our friend, a uh, friend of the show, Ruth Mitchell, who, who now yep. works um, at Utopian. She was kind enough to send us four of their, their, their beers each. So we've got the two lagers that we're drinking. Uh, and then there was a, a British Pilsner and a dark lager, which we're going to be doing late, later on, on, on the yep. show as well. So we'll cover off all, all four beers. Um, so that was great of, of Ruth to send us those across. Thank you very much. Um, she did also send us a little bit of information about Utopian because they are quite new to the, to the UK brewing um, scene. Um, so in case you've not heard of them before, they're based in the middle of Devon. Uh, in a purpose-built lager brewery. First brew was in March 2019. They tried to be as sustainable and environmentally friendly as possible. They're next door to a cattle farm, which makes getting rid of their spent grain very easy. Um, They love lager and want to champion the category and show that lager can be very varied. Um, And they're, they're experts at lager as well. The head brewer was trained in Germany and has worked at several great breweries 
most recently Camden. Um, so quite quite a strong pedigree there in in terms of their brewing team. Um, they do only, as I said, they do only make lager. They only use UK grown ingredients. Their beers are naturally carbonated, um, which means their lagers have a more gentle carbonation and, and fizz and smaller bubbles making them taste smoother which i think we both picked up on that initial taste didn't yeah, we? yeah um, definitely and they do um have a have a range of beers like i said the four that we're trying here uh they're in the process of brewing a mybok which should be out in a few weeks uh that's going to come out at about 6.9 percent ish and they're also going to put half of that mybok into wooden casks to age which will be released in october and i've got to say both of those mybox sound absolutely delicious yeah well traditionally obviously in, in europe and stuff the box box season tends to be around that september october time so i know a few of the uh the dutch and dutch breweries when i go over to to netherlands for work uh they, they can always find a bock around that autonomal time of year um and it is definitely a lovely style and i can imagine that sounds great especially the barrel aged mybok i mean it feels like it would like talk about the mybok and but although they're a young brewery the pedigree behind them with the experience from camden brewing in germany and let's face it lost and grounded for example make some excellent lager based beers and they've got camden in their dna haven't they absolutely yeah um you know, and this is a good start. We, we were fortunate enough to try a few of the Utopian offerings at what well, I think was the last event I certainly went to was Brew London uh, back at the end of February. So we, we were lucky enough to see Roof then and, and sample a few of the beers on tap. And I think, you know, that was quite a nice day. It was quite warm in there. They were very well received as far as I remember. Absolutely. Yeah. And I am, I mean, I'm thoroughly enjoying this lager. That, that I'm drinking right now, like you say, for, for, for the warm day that it's been, it's absolutely perfect at the beginning of, 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 of this week's show. What have we been drinking at home this, this last week or so? Uh, any, any real standouts, mate? Well, I've had some, I have had some good beers because, you know, like, like a lot of people, and as we alluded to previously, been doing a bit of online ordering. And uh, one, of the, one of the beers I got was from a local shop, Hopperley, UK, my second order with them. And... Um, just one I saw on the website when I was flicking through that intrigued me, a collaboration between Hackney and Against the Grain. And this is an American ale. It comes in at about 8.5%. And uh, I was pleasantly surprised by this because um, I have to admit, I haven't paid much attention to what the style was when I bought it. I saw Spirit of the Woods. I thought, ooh, barrel-aged impy stout or something. And uh, it wasn't. But the way they describe it on Untapped is uh, based on the popular cocktail, the old-fashioned bourbon, orange, and bitters. And when I tasted it, it was very much had the feel of a young American barley wine. So still quite fruity, but very light, very easy to drink. I did buy two of those. So I am toying with the idea of leaving the other one for a little while to see how it matures. But that was nice. Um, from, from two breweries, I don't actually get many beers from very often. So that was a nice little collaboration. Uh, I dipped into the Formbridge stash um, and cracked open one of the necessary evils at the weekend. And that was just tasting superb still. Four yeah. and a half out of five on untapped. Probably deserves a bit more, to be honest. So smooth, so drinkable. So many flavours going on in that. Just as nice as the first time I had it last year. 
than necessary evil. So it's a cracking still, beer, though. It is still a cracking beer, and it looks beautiful in the bottle and in the glass as well. Um, just so dark, you know, it's not letting light through that at all. It's it's thick uh, as well, isn't it? It's a really oh thick yeah. Pour. It was the end of evening beer. There was nothing else I I could do after that. Uh, but lastly, uh, what sank from the Colonel box I bought the Beer de Saison Damson, the 2019 version, um, which I think is the same version that you and I shared a bottle with James Calder back in October when he brought it along. Uh, this was bottled in March 2019, so it's about a year old. It's over a year old now, um, but it is tasting absolutely fantastic. My check-in on Untapped simply said Funky Jam. But just to give you a little bit of an idea, so I've got the bottle here because I had the last one tonight. 5%, uh, blender saisons, fermented in tank, uh, with 350 grams per litre of whole British damsons for four months. So I've spent a bit of time on this before it's even got into the bottle. And that one for me is a bit like the Cantillon beer I referred to previously, the Rosé. I would drink the beer, the saison damson, quite early on in its lifetime just because you get all those fruit flavors still but they tend so, yeah, to die off are, a little bit over time don't they i think with the overt fruit flavors i think when it's more the maybe some of the citrus notes maybe they sort of meld a bit more better which is a rubbish sentence i have to admit after only a few beers the um whereas the like the berries and the dark fruits i think they really are they really stand out in those when it's young and they really do come away and i think you then do get quite a sharp beer after that so i'd uh, personally i recommend the the, the beer the saison damson is a bit of a if you got it drink it rather than age it those are my those are my three highlights what about you steve what you've been what have you found in your in your cupboard so yeah i've had um a relatively dry week to be honest with you i, I found myself uh that i was slipping into that kind of trap of of, of just drinking pretty much for the sake of it because the beer was there so um despite giving myself some some strict dry days i thought i'd actually have a week off uh but after we finished the last recording i did actually carry on drinking um because i think we recorded in the afternoon and i was no way done uh, at that point and and one of the uh one of the beers that i did drink was from pivovar antosh which were um, one of the breweries we visited when we were in Czechia. And I think it was one of the last beers that, that we actually brought back from Czechia with us. It's called Choo Choo, which was uh, a 7.8% black IPA in a big 750 ml bottle. It, it was intended for us to share, but I took one for the team, mate. Um, and, and I drank what was one of the most delicious black IPAs I've ever drunk for us. All I can say is thank you for taking a hit for the team. Um, yeah, I mean, we talked about it. I was very envious of you having that one, having remembered all the lovely beers we sampled at Antosh in Prague. So it's a real shame that I missed out, but it does sound like it was a really good one. Well, it was it was spot on as far as black IPA is concerned for me. It was um, lots of pine up, up, up front, um, giving way to a little bit of citrus, little hints of dark fruits, subtle roasted notes at the end. Um absolutely perfect in, in in terms of black ipa and i was just uh i was really gutted that i had to do the whole 750 meal on my own mate um it was it was definitely a sharing beer um but like i say i, I did uh i did take one for the team on on this occasion well done we won't we won't want to risk it going off would we exactly that's that's the risk you run isn't it but it was yeah, it was I, delicious and just just reaffirms what what we said in in in, in the show 
uh, about Czechia in, in terms of some of the beers that some of the breweries are brewing out there and how good they are. And, and I think they are going to be a real force in the next 18 months to two years in terms of seeing more beers coming out of that part of Europe. Uh, and that's it. That's it, really, in, in terms. Like I say, I've just um, no, nothing else stand out, really, because I've had a, a relatively dry week. So let's dive into uh, this week's question. Opinions, opinions, opinions. Opinions, opinions. Which was, are you happy to pay corkage on beers to drink in bars or bottle shops? Uh, we had 661 votes on this. Uh, 57.3% of people went for yes, 42.7% went for no. So a, a fairly close split in terms of where people voted. Uh, now, I think the first thing uh, to point out here is maybe people misunderstood what we were asking here or misunderstood yeah. the term Corkage. Yeah, I do wonder about that. And you know, that, that's that's probably down to to you and I, Steve, because I think when I saw some of the comments coming through, I did wonder. I mean it's one of those things because we talked about this subject quite a few times. We knew exactly what we were asking. But yeah, yeah. when you see it cold, perhaps it, there was a misunderstanding. I mean, I for one certainly wasn't talking about those places which don't sell alcohol but let you bring it in. So for example, maybe um, a curry house in London doesn't sell alcohol, but we'll let you bring in your own beer, but we'll charge you a set amount per drink that you have. Yes. So that, yeah. Or at my wedding venue, when I brought in my own beers, they were more than happy to let me do that, but they did charge me per unit for the cans I, I brought into the fridge. Yeah, so, that's, that's the traditional term of corkage, isn't it? Yes, but how, I don't think that's we what we... It. Yeah, and we weren't getting at that. So apologies if anyone took it like that. Our view, our question was coming more from a point of view. If you're a bar that has taps, bottles, cans, and you sell all free, you dispense from all free, but there's a different price for drinking in versus drinking out, taking out for the bottles and cans. That's yeah. fairly much it, wasn't it? That that was that was what we were that was essentially what we were asking, and that that was our un understanding of it as well. So from James, James Moose depends on what you mean by corkage. If you're bringing your own beer to a bar, then you should pay corkage to compensate for not buying it there. If it's sold at the bar, it should just be the price it is. I don't mind them offering a discount on takeouts. And in a very similar vein to that, um, Steve from Beer Nouveau, uh, it's not corkage. Corkage is when you take your own drink elsewhere. It's to make up for the restaurant, etc., not making any money on a sale. What what we have here is are you happy to get a takeaway discount smiley face emoji yes yep so again i think that sort of explained that sort of indicated to us that perhaps we've got our terminology wrong at the start so i, I think again, so yeah apologies we, for that which i tried to rectify with con subsequent retweets of the poll um yeah i think by that point the discussion had already gone off on, on, on a tangent <laughs> and um it was difficult to then pull it back to where we wanted it to be yeah exactly exactly um so from mark and johnson with some similar comments from shane pollard at shane pollard 16 and breakbeat at breakbeat absolutely there should be a differentiation between retail and bar prices whether that comes as corkage or takeaway discount so mark fairly much in favor of that and from Laura at Laura, Laura 31, I'd much rather see a drink in price in a bar, potentially with discount for takeout, but it wouldn't bother me if there wasn't one. 
something psychologically about getting a fee added on that makes me feel less valued as a customer that wants to spend time there. So I think that's quite a good way of looking at it as well. Quite happy to pay one price regardless. Yeah. So so let's, let's it just might pick... feel a bit put out by being asked to leave, but almost being asked to leave. Let, let's just pick up on a couple of those points there. Um, it, it, first of all, this 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 one that you should be considering the takeout price as a discount. I've I've never really looked at it that way. Um, certain, certainly from the places that I've been in that have the two different prices. Yes, the takeaway price has always been has always seemed considerably cheaper than the drink in price but it it in in the same vein it also makes the drink in price look very very expensive or conversely the disc the discounted prices in the places in my mind have never looked like discounted prices they just are vastly cheaper than the inflated drink in price yeah and, and it act- actively makes me not want to not want to drink them in i mean or, to or be take fair, them away Laura's uh, Laura's comment is quite. I mean, I'm just gonna, I'm saving my full thoughts to the end, but Laura's comment does sum up a lot of how I feel about it. To be honest, so just to say again, I'd much rather see a drink in price in a bar, potentially with discount for takeout, but it wouldn't bother me if I wasn't if there wasn't one. Something psychological about getting a fee added on that makes me feel less valued as a customer but wants to spend time there. It sums up. A, it's quite a good way of summing up. And that's so I'll go into more detail, but I think that's quite a good way of doing it the psychological aspect of it if if we think about a couple of places that you and i frequent regularly so the the, the owl house in chelmsford and and also the the, the vic inn in colchester both sell cans and bottles to uh, over the bar but that they're, they're they're the one price aren't, yeah. aren't they um and you can as far as i know you can buy those to take away if if you want to well I've, i'm sure i've taken from both places as train beers yeah, so so there's certainly that there's certainly no difference in price in in in, in those places or any indication e- even that there's that there's a difference in price to to take something out of the fridge and, and and to drink it in. Yeah, and generally in both those places, those drinks in the fridge are there to supplement the excellent tap list they've already got. Um, and yes, you might say per unit, a little bit higher for the small pack. But there isn't a great deal of difference between the what I'd class as the craft taps in both of those places and the fridges. No, no, absolutely not. Which which kind of raises the question: Well, well therefore, is 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 an inflated price to to drink in, or or a seemingly inflated price? Is that is that about covering costs? And and there were a few comments that we had uh, about that. So um, from insignificant at discombobulated, uh, yes, to cover additional costs, but only if it's fairly done. From Jamie Lockhart at Jam Lock One. It helps bars and shops cover their overheads. I don't have any issue making it easier for bars to keep paying their staff. From the Cheshire Brew House at Cheshire Brewer House, uh, the bar shop owner will most likely also be providing a service as a shoulder to lean on, counsellor or just someone to talk to, as well as providing a nice relaxing atmosphere for you to enjoy the beer as well as ensuring the right clean glassware. And then finally, from Sean O'Reilly at Uncrulia, I voted yes, but it does depend on how much the corkage is. If I drink in, then I'm using a glass which needs washing, but I'm also enjoying the pub or bar experience, which is worth a little extra. So, so that's quite interesting in terms of of, of what those that those 
four comments are saying is is that actually if if that additional fee is there to pay for something as in a service then they're quite happy to to pay that and again that's something that i've i've never really thought about it that way um i haven't and i probably still won't okay i'm, I'm sure you're going to share your reasoning why when we, we get to the end of all these comments yeah, exactly. So I guess the next comment is fairly much focusing on, on, on price and how much things cost. So from Bradley Clark at Bradley Clark 4, I chose no, but I would say it depends on the price. Under a pound, I'd say it's okay for the extra work, but I've seen well over two pounds at some places, which usually puts me off. And with some similar comments from John at Beer in the Suburbs, Points of Brew from at Points of Brew, and Rossi from at Aculean underscore game, we're all very conscious of how much we spend. So I think anything which looks like you're spending more and you're not sure why will make some people think twice. But does that, again, does that beg the question of should, if, if there is a fee, should it be uniform a, across all beers or, or should it inflate and deflate dependent on the supposed rarity or, or FOMO factor of a certain beer. I mean, th th there is one place in particular that I'm thinking of where it does seem as though some of their rarer beers are sometimes almost twice the price to drink in that they, than they are to take away. Uh, personally, I think it's a rip-off of the fee. And calling it a fee just, again, straight away makes me feel like when uh, there's no one here who listens and has done this has booked a ticket for the theatre or for a concert isn't annoyed by the one pound fifty charge per ticket when you're the one doing all the work. What what's their admin fee for? I print the ticket, I order the ticket, I, I go to the venue. You've done what have you done? This has all been done by computer in the background. What's that one pound fifty admin fee for? So in in terms of when, when we do see this in in, in pubs and bars uh, from from Bay Beer Reviews at Bay Beer Reviews uh, in a bottle shop, fair enough, but in a bar, no way. And then from Andrew Sheldon at Tavari Fan Club, voted no as I rarely buy cans or bottles when out. I like to drink in pubs beers I can't get at home, and as a result, I will always start with a cask list. I will. I'm usually the same when I am out and about. Um, I am looking for things that I can't replicate at home. So I do start off with cask. Then I'll go to the, the craftier taps. And usually I've, that, that they usually satisfy me enough anyway. Yeah. For, so for I, can me, I can definitely see that one. For, for me, I will very rarely buy uh, from the fridge in, in, in a bar or, or in a pub um, purely because I, I know I can get the beers cheaper from a bottle shop that I'd, I'd be just as happy willing to support. So, uh, and, and again, like you, you can't, you can't replicate a keg or a cask beer at home. So if, if I'm in a, if I'm in a pub, I, I want that pub experience rather than taking from their fridge and, and, and drinking what I can get somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think again, part of your thinking there is also cost, isn't it? Moving on to what uh, was a bit of a surprise comment, actually uh, talking about outside of the UK. So from Utrecht Beer Guide at O3O Beer Guide. Over here in the Netherlands, bottle shops are not allowed to sell open containers, nor are pubs allowed to sell closed containers. The hybrid bottle shop bar is unknown in the Netherlands. Corkage for broad bottles is also rare, but I'd be happy to pay. Now, 
obviously I do go to the Netherlands quite regularly for work. Now I wasn't aware of that, but generally when I do go out and about outside of wherever I'm staying, I'm going to then drink in the place I'm in, or I bought a few beers at one of the supermarkets on the way through to the hotel I'm staying at. And I'm quite lucky the hotel I stay at usually has a, at least half a dozen beers on there that I quite like. But that's quite interesting. So there isn't a crossover. You're either you're either an on license or you're an off license. Yeah, I found that very interesting. It's it's very much you are one or the other, aren't you? There's there's, yeah, there's yeah. no there's no in between. That was really interesting to get to get some views just from like like you say just from outside the UK as to how it is in in, in different countries. So before we get into our views on this, let's just um, get some final thoughts on the, the the first two beers that we had from Utopian. Um, so you were on the unfiltered British Lager. Uh, what, yep. what what did you think of it? The the smoothness of the mouthfeel I referred to earlier in the show just I think just gave it a superbly easy drinkability about it. Um, the slight lemon hit on it. And a, a very hint of a, a dry finish just made you want to come back for more. And the 440 can, however long we've just been recording for, 20-odd minutes, didn't take too long to do and definitely wasn't a slog. So, yeah, hats off to that one. It's, a weird, it's, a, it's definitely a big tick and thumbs up for that one. I think I'd very much echo those comments in terms of the the, the premium British lager that, that, that I had. Uh, if, if anything, I'm, I'm guessing that mine was probably just a bit more crisp. Uh, it was very clean and, and, and dry on the finish, um, but totally refreshing and, and, and one that you'd just reach for on, on, on a hot summer's day and quite easily do a few of those without a doubt. So it's a very easy drinking, very easy yeah, drinking. Yeah, and I, th- I think that lack of forced or overtly forced carbonation just helps. I think it's got a feel of, of a, a very, almost, almost an ale because of that smoothness of the mouthfeel that you wouldn't get that bloatedness from it. Um, so moving on, uh, we we both cracked open our second beers from Utopian. Um, I've got the dark lager, uh, 5.4%, and I believe you've got the British Pilsner. I have got the British Pills now, and I've just taken a little whiff of it. I haven't tasted it yet, and it's got quite a, it's got a nice little fruity aroma, actually. I would have expected, um, you know, that bit of breadiness I referred to on the first one. Sometimes with a Pills now, you can get that bit of breadiness, and that sometimes puts me off a Pills now. Whereas on this one, no hint of that, just a little bit of fruit, fruit aroma on the nose. Not like, you know, it's been had all the hops thrown out and it's been dry hopped or anything like that perhaps but definitely got a slight fruity aroma um but what 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 while i'm tasting mine what's yours like well i i have got on the nose i've got a full-on malty boy this is um it's malt there's a little bit of a spice in there maybe a little bit of fruitcake i mean you can see from the color of it it's i'm i'm i must admit um i'm a little bit surprised by the color because dark lager I, I think I've become accustomed to probably the the, the, the Budvar black, um, where where it is a black lager. This this is very yeah, much got, got more, the colour of a of a traditional English bitter, you could say. Yeah, copper, amber. Yeah, those those aromas just come come straight through on on the taste. It's really malty. There's there's a lot of caramel and biscuit in there. Um, there's some some red fruits, little hint of spice on the finish. Very dry finish. Um, a lot of depth going on in in that as well um quite thick as, as well in terms of the mouthfeel quite quite a lot of body going on there so this is a this is a real enjoyable beer actually 
Would it? So if you didn't know it was a lager, would you be able to guess from it if you were blind tasting it? I would never call it a lager. I'd call that possibly a red ale or a, 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 or like I say, just a traditional English bitter in, in terms of some of the flavours that are coming through on it. Yeah, so it's interesting to see what they're doing, isn't it? I mean, the um, the Pilsner, a um, little bit of a dry finish. Again, that fruity aroma that I got at the start, slightly slightly citrus type of hit, carries through through the flavour. But again, none of it is overpowering it. It's nicely balanced. There's a slightly more crispness to it. I think that's because this is um, a filtered beer, so it's slightly crisper. Um, and it probably might benefit if I'd had it a little bit straight from the fridge as that first hit as well. So I took it out at the same time as the lager at the start of the recording. And I think that I'm not getting, you know, that, you know, when you get sometimes that cold sharpness to start off with. Yeah. I'm probably which, maybe just lacking that a little bit. Which I think you probably want from a pills. I mean, I, I did the same as well, but I, I did mine with the express intention of allowing mine to come up to room temperature a little bit because I wanted to taste a few more of those flavors from, from the darker side of the lager. Yeah, I think mine would have benefited from maybe coming out only five minutes before I opened it, getting that cold, crisp hit, and then as the second half of the show, see how it sort of develops in the glass coming up to room temperature. But I said, what I'm getting from it, I'm really enjoying. Let's um, let's go back to the the, the corkage discussion and um, let's take our views on 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 this. Now we've we've hinted as 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 we went through others uh at maybe some of our th- our thoughts but but where where do you stand with with this one um in detail i i, I guess mate okay um so i think the, the only slight caveat i'm going to give for this is that i'm so i'm particularly referencing bars and pubs who have a good range of taps and ha- ha- happen to have fridges and you can have drinks in or you can take them away Quite frankly, I see no reason why you're charging me a different price for taking it away or drinking it in. Um, But what you do do by charging me more, and sometimes a lot more for drinking in, is me not passing you across any money and leaving. But however, if you'd had reasonable price point, I sit down, I drink, I think I'll have another one, or I think I'll get some to take away. I just do not understand it. And there's nothing that's been said to this point on the comments that we've read out or that I've seen has changed my mind. For me, it simply goes in the rip-off category. Okay, that's um, quite cut and dried then as a view. <laughs> yeah, that's what my view was when we put the poll out and it hasn't changed. Not, not even nothing. with the arguments of, you know, you, you know you're, still, you're still buying a service from from a place i buy a service when i buy the beer from the tap there's no way that the small pack that i open i pour that's been sitting in a fridge for goodness knows how long where they haven't had to do anything with it what what extra service have they given me okay and and what about the view that if, if there's a cheaper price for the small pack then to take away then you should be looking at it as a as a discount do, do you no, see that? Do you I, see that view? No, because I haven't seen any price that could be truly noted as a discount, just cheaper than the extortionate drink-in price. I, I don't know where to go from there. <laughs> I really don't. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't expect you to be quite so strong in in your views on that one. I, I, I have to admit. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't get it at all. I, I don't see any rationale for it. The longer I stay in a place, the more I spend. The more you encourage me to leave by upping the price point artificially, the less I spend. So uh, what, what's your views? <laughs> um, I, I, I'm not a fan of, uh, probably going back to one of the early comments from, from, from Laura, I'm not a fan of seeing the two prices um, because psychologically you look at the your eye will always be drawn to the more expensive price and you will see the cheaper price and you'll be like, well, I may as well just buy it to take home um, because otherwise I'm I'm paying what may seem like a very much overinflated price, which may or may not be in line with how much you would expect to buy that bottle online or from from a bottle shop, that that sort of thing. Um I, as I said earlier, I, I do generally tend to avoid bottles and, and, and cans in, in pubs anyway, because I, I do find them to be a little bit pricier. So obviously the, the, the venue has already put their markup on them for, for, for you to drink them, them in the venue. Um, and I, do, I will look at them and say, well, actually, that, that, that can I can buy from my local bottle shop for 50, 60p a pound cheaper. And yes, we're not talking huge amounts of money, but over time that all adds up. So I I would rather there not be different prices. I would rather there just be a set price for for, for drinking in. Um, I do understand that the those prices are inflated for a reason because obviously you're covering those additional costs that that, that a bar or, or a venue would would have. Um, but I don't. I don't. I don't think I'm quite so strong in my views in terms of it being a ripoff as 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 maybe you are. Yeah, I mean, ripoff may be a strong term, but I honestly believe if you've set up your business to allow people to drink in and take away, don't discourage them from doing one or the other. Yeah, yeah, as no. A, I, as a bit as a business model, it's bollocks. I'd, I'd just like to say at this point, many thanks to because th- this this has been a subject that's been suggested on a number of times um, by a number of people uh whose names i can't remember um so if you are one of those <laughs> if you are one of those people who has suggested that we cover the the, the topic of corkage thank you very much and I, and I hope you've got what you wanted from this discussion if not uh and, and to all of our listeners as well keep the discussion going use the hashtag opinions and you may very well find yourself in this next section of the show let us know write it down let us know write it down let us know your thoughts and bitter in lingerness write it down so first up, we've got Simon at Barley Wine is Life. I'm way behind. Just consumed number 103. A great listen as always, so thanks. My vote for a modern classic beer is Daya Bruin, Steady Rolling Man. Incredibly consistent and super tasty. From Tim Pot Man at Burritos. I love this stuff. Uh, and he means he, he's talking particularly about the Budvar show here. Uh, as I did your trip. Every time I used to go out with my mates, I'd have this stuff in bars and clubs. They used to laugh because they called it the cheap knockoff until I switched them from the real knockoff and told them the truth. I owe it to my dad who told me the story behind it. So glad he did. Think I might have to hunt some down next time I do an essential shop. From Simon Webster at bees underscore boy. Enjoyed episode 107. Good discussion about home delivery. Although it's much easier now we're at home all day to take in deliveries. Okay, so from Funk Dungeon, uh, Abbeydale Barrel Project, uh, Abbeydale Funk, and this is in response to a comment I made about the, the yeast strain. A yeast bank have single cell slopes and vials frozen with liquid nitrogen and stored at minus 190 degrees centigrade. 
This preserves the cells without damaging them, while a conventional minus 15 degrees freezer can sometimes do. For us, our house strain is stored at NCYC with thousands of other yeast strains. We then call off our strain, which is grown to a specific pitching rate, around four British barrels, and we then prop it up. We step up to around nine British barrels over two days and crop as much off as is possible over day three to four. To then pitch into a full 60 British barrels within 14 days, all fermentations are new. We then crop yeast at the end of primary firm, store it in fridges, two degrees, two degrees centigrade, ideally no more than three days before we dump. The yeast can start to autolyze and die and reduce in viability. Check via cell counts. So we need to be using the yeast just to keep the little guys happy. Uh, a couple of things I need to say there is I'm really not sure what I just read. <laughs> Apologies. Secondly, thank you to Abidal for sending that through because I can think of two or three people definitely listen to the podcast who are going to love that explanation. But thirdly, if I've used any of the abbreviations incorrectly, then obviously you can have a little look on bittering lingerness. You can see the comments and you'll be able to see it yourself as well. So apologies for any butchering I've done of the sciencey bit. I'm just not used to it. And and that was that that's great because that was all on the back of your your, your comment in a previous show when you was drinking their nettle saison about um how their yeast is surviving at the moment, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, so like I said, really appreciate the, the the feedback. And please, we do love that kind of thing coming in. It's just, it's completely outside my sphere of knowledge and expertise. But I even find it quite difficult to read it. Yeah, same here. I'm glad, I'm glad, you, I'm glad you read that one, mate. Yeah, um, thanks. <laughs> so from Josh Howes at Joshua A. Howes. Uh, I'm a bit behind on the episodes as I've got no drive time. So I'm sure someone has already suggested this. But in response to what, what might be a new modern classic... Traxonoma was my first thought. Low ABV helps with fridge filler status. Enjoying catching up. Now, also from Josh, he followed up with an interesting discussion, Refomo. I've been getting it more during lockdown because mostly I just say to myself, if I see it in a bar, I'll get it. But obviously that can't happen. So I feel like if I want to try something, I have to order it. Plus, I feel like breweries are selling out online much faster than normal. So that adds to the panic. On the FOMO bit, that's pretty much how I think how I feel. I see something, oh, my God, I must have to have it because I can't see it anywhere else now. I can't just, just, I have to buy a whole case. You're getting like three, two, three beer orders (laughs) a week. And and I'm like, how is this man drinking so much beer? I'm like, I'm surviving on like one every couple of weeks at the moment. Um, But going back to to, to Josh's comment there, um, the first one, I would absolutely agree in terms of Traxanoma, up right up there as a modern day classic. Yeah, I mean, I haven't had it in, I haven't had it from the can. I haven't had it from the can, but um, a modern day classic on tap, it certainly is. On cask? Oh, man, that's that's a great beer. Yeah, definitely. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. I mean, that's a great shout as a, as, a, as, a, as a modern classic. If you're doing a modern classic set of beers, I think that would make a lot of people's top five or top ten. Yeah, I feel, I feel another fantasy show's coming on at some point in terms of yeah, modern day I, classics. I, I, yeah, I thought you might be. I thought you might be. Um, from Adam Johnson. That's maybe not a fad. A couple of comments here. Catching up with the podcast, the Seven Brothers Supermarket branding comment. Think they are trying for national contract with the co-op. 
They already have a Northwest contract. They're supposed to be opening their second brewery tap in Liverpool, although what's going on at the moment may put an end to that. Casting-wise, I would suggest David Morrissey, who will have to dye his hair to play Martin, and Michael Sheen for Steve. See pictures of Michael with his beard plus add glasses. So I think that's a good shout. Dave, I mean, uh, both of those actors have appeared in Doctor Who as well, so I'm, I'm good with that. David Morrissey played someone who he thought he was the Doctor, and Michael Sheen played the voice of uh, a, a, a whole planet almost. So, yeah, good shout. I, lo- I love these ones. Keep rolling through. Keep them coming. The uh, who should play us, in opinions yeah. of the film. Yeah. Yeah, opinions yeah. of the film. The, the film that uh, Miles is, you know, working on the funding as, as we speak. <laughs> And then finally, from Mark Johnson at Mark and Johnson, enjoying these little snippet shows and chats at the moment. More discussion on the polls and Stephen Martin chat, please. Skype sound was quality was decent too. Personally, they're my favourite part of the show, and if they've attracted discussion, then I prefer longer on the polls other than sections of the show. Also, should be clear that whilst these little snippets are fun at the moment, I obviously don't mind the usual three-hour epics. So, just picking up on a couple of points there. Um, Hopefully, Mark, you've enjoyed this evening's show then because as, as a result of specifically as your comment, we, we did, did, did decide to focus more on the opinions discussion tonight. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to do that going forward as well because it does give us uh, an opportunity at the moment to, to, to get into some of the discussion around polls. Um, cheers for the, the, the comments around the, the sound quality. Obviously, Skype isn't ideal as, as sometimes there is a little bit of lag or, or you get dropouts, but we're, we're doing the best we can at the moment. And, and finally, just to assure you that the epic shows will return and we are still planning on doing Avengers Endgame at, at some point, which will take us well over the three hour and 15 minute mark. Brilliant. Yeah, thanks, Mark. I love the way that a show which goes out for 45 to 50 minutes is called a snippet. Uh, yeah, I know. I like that. That's 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 what we're calling these now. Snippets. <laughs> not 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 a snippet. A snippet. Snippet. Right. A snippet. Yeah. Um, any more thoughts on your beer at the moment? Your Utopian. Oh, I'm loving the Pilsner. The um, I really enjoyed the British Lager. The Pilsner is is cracking. It really is nice. And it was like I said, even with the caveat that perhaps I didn't have it as cold as it should have been at the start. Really tasty, really easy to drink. I am loving the dark lager. Uh, I think I've got it at a perfect temperature. I'm getting some really lovely malty notes. I'm getting a little bit of a hint of chocolate in there now. Um, and, and and the finish is just delightfully smooth. Um, yeah, really, really, really good beer to finish on. I'm, I'm really happy with that. Nice one. Well done. Thank you again to Utopian. Thank you, Ruth. Absolutely. And Utopian have got uh, an offer for our listeners as well. So if you do want to try uh, these beers that we've been trying tonight or the uh, upcoming Mybock, um, if you use the code BEEROCLOCK, all in capital letters, on their website, you'll get free shipping for any orders over £20. So well worth um, giving them a go to, to try some, some, frankly, what is some great British lager being brewed yeah. at, at the moment. So just to finish on this week, um, we've got a bit of an announcement to, to, to make. So um, obviously we unfortunately have had to pa- postpone this year's summer sesh, uh, which was planned to be in Birmingham. We are still going to go to Birmingham in, in 2021. That's, that's still going to happen. But we wanted to find a way in this modern age of bringing people together for a virtual 
summer sesh, so to speak. So um, Martin and I have been discussing how we can possibly do that. And what, what we stumbled upon was one of our um, most popular episodes that we've done recently. Uh, and in terms of post-episode engagement and follow-up was the Fantasy Pub Crawl episode that 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 we did um where people got involved suggesting places that they'd love to go and drink and and try so we thought we would try to bring the fantasy pub crawl to virtual life over over, over the medium of the internet so on saturday the 9th of may uh we're we're going to offer you our listeners three opportunities to come and join us um, from a fantasy pub of your choosing um, for beer discussion and, 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 and some laughs. Um, each session will be jointly hosted by Martin and, Martin and I uh, and also Simon and Vicky from uh, Beers Without Frontiers who are due to be our hosts for the summer sesh. Um, we're going to be holding these on Zoom uh, where you'll be able to upload a background of your fantasy pub. Of, of choice as well uh, while talking to other people about why you're there um, we've got three sessions running at seven eight and nine o'clock um, which will run to around 40 minutes because um, you're limited on time on zoom um, and we've got eight places available on on each of those virtual fantasy pub crawl sessions um and that's to that that's obviously to maximize the the engagement you can have you can have a lot more people on zoom but you can only have 12 people on on the screen at any one time and we didn't want to have people rotating on and off so there's eight places available um booking for these sessions is now open via the links in the show notes um that will take you to eventbrite and you'll be asked to register for it you will need the password to access the sessions the password is all lowercase and it is scrabble um and basically you can book on and you can join us for a virtual fantasy pub crawl we would ask at this point that when booking if you can just book on one session for now rather than booking all three sessions because we want to try and get as many of our listeners to join us as possible if the sessions aren't filling up over the coming weeks we'll let you know and we'll let you know that you can book on to more than one session um but that is all live now as you listen to us links are in the show notes the password is scrabble uh so if you want to join us, have a virtual beer from a fantasy pub of your choosing. Saturday the 9th of May is the day to do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, we're going to, you know, free free sessions. Yeah, if anyone's got a picture of the um, the inside of the Rutland Arms, I'll use that <laughs> for one of my, my fantasy pub visits. And then I can pretend I can actually remember going there. <laughs> um we will obviously send details to people of how you do the uploading of backgrounds and and how you actually get that to work because there are a few little requirements that you'll need for that and it doesn't matter if you can't do it at the end of the day basically we're just going to hold three virtual drinking sessions over the course of the evening where where as we say you our listeners have got chance to join us for a beer yeah so you can either catch us when we're fresh or when we're, 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 we're on the emoji roller coaster coming down again. Should, should, we, uh, should we have a little, a little online wager of which session we think <laughs> will sell out first? Session, session three. three. Session three will yeah. be the first one to go because <laughs> pe- pe- well, people are going to want to see if I actually turn up to it first of all, I reckon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where's Steve? He's got lost in his own house. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, that's all, all the information that you need will be on those links. Um, get get yourself in there, sign up, and and you'll get further information via email. 
Which brings us to the end of the show, mate. Well, that's handy because I've run out of beer. I was going to say, you just took your last week of beer, didn't you? Why, why yeah. I was going through all of that. I've only got a little yeah. bit of the um, Dark Lager to finish. Uh, one final thank you to Utopian for, and, and to Ruth for sending those beers across to us. They have been lovely and really enjoyable to drink. Um, and we will be back with you again next week. For another snippet. Another snippet. Yes, indeed. Uh, cheers. Cheers. My cock for every man I see. Hey, big spender, spend a little time with me. Wouldn't you like to have fun, fun, fun?